you a banner, you Jehovah Rapha, you a healer. God, you are who you say you are, God. So God, we stand in awe of you on today. God, we thank you for moving by your spirit. We thank you that your presence is here. And now that your presence is here, healing is here, deliverance is here. Everything that we need is here, God, because you are here. So, God, we receive, God, what we already have. We receive your healing on today. God, I thank you for coming in and healing the minds of your people, God, because we have the mind of Christ. I bind every mind-boggling spirit. I bind every tormenting spirit that has come to torment us, to harass us on today. And I speak peace be still in the name of Jesus. Peace in every area of our lives in Jesus' name. And now, God, I thank you that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it on today. I thank you, Father God, that I only speak what you will have for me to speak. I only do what you will have for me to do. God, I thank you and I praise you that we're inclining our ears unto you today. We're paying attention, God to what you would have us to do on today. And God, I thank you, God, that I have, we have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Proverbs, and let's hear what the Spirit of the living God has to say unto us today. God's Word is so good, and His Word will quicken us, and His Word will bring life to us. Who wants to receive life on today? It comes through the word of God. Amen. Proverbs, the first chapter and verse 33. And remember, this is God's word. And when God's word goes forth, we honor his word. The word of God says, I hear people flipping, so I'm going to wait. Amen. So we can be on one accord. Hallelujah. Some people's pages are, you know, stuck together, so they got to do a little bit more flipping. But whoso hearken unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. Let me read it again. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. I'm going to read it again. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. You may be seated. I want to talk about um, this morning, what are you hearing and who are you obeying? What are you hearing and who are you obeying? When we look at this verse of scripture, it's saying, but whoso hearkens. So when we look at that word hearken, it means to hear, it means to listen, and it means to obey. You just don't hear. You have to listen and then you have to obey. I believe the problem with we as saints, the saints of God, the set apart ones, the Christians, the ones that say that they're born again, they say that they're hearing. But when you hear, you have to listen and then you have to be able to obey. Let me tell you what hear is. When you hear something, you hear a sound. But you really don't know what that sound is. Until you listen, until you pay attention. So hearing and listening is different. You can hear, you'll hear a horn blow, but then you're going to stop and you're going to begin to listen to that sound because hearing is a sound. You're going to listen for the sound that you heard to identify, to understand what it is. 
So listening and hearing is different. And this is why we're missing it when the word of God is going forth. The Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. We know that. But when you hear a sound, just like my husband would tell me when we're riding in the car, he's so good at when he hear a sound, he say, did you hear that? Because he's hearing a sound. So then he'll say, hush. I'm like, hush, I told you I didn't hear nothing. But he want me to be quiet so I can listen, so he can listen to where that sound is coming from so he can identify, so he can understand what the car is doing. So if you don't take the time to listen, you're missing the word. God want us to take the time not to only hear, we're hearing a sound, but he want us to listen for the sound that we heard. Then we can get an understanding. Then we can obey. When you understand these terms, it won't be so hard for you to take the word of God for what it is. I remember when I was sitting before the Lord in devotion and I'm sitting just before him and I'm quiet and, and I'm just waiting and I'm just waiting and I'm just waiting. And all of a sudden I heard him say, it was so funny. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? So I go back and say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. So I'm thinking, you know, y'all hearing that song, but he was giving me something I was familiar with. He said, you're not listening. So sometimes we think that we're listening, but we're not listening. So the Lord began to take me through his word to break it down to you, to let you understand that if you want to receive what you already have, you have to hear, you have to listen, and you have to obey. When you get to the listening part, it means that you're paying attention to the sound that you heard. So when we look in the word of God and John 10, verse 3 and 5, it talks about Jesus being the shepherd. And it goes on to say, I'm reading out the expanded Bible, and I want to take my time with this so we can be on one accord so to help some people to understand the difference. It says, the one who guards the door, the gatekeeper, the watchman, opens it for him. So the gatekeeper, the watchman, is opening the door for the shepherd, for the shepherd to enter the gate, for the shepherd to enter the door. And listen at this, and the sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd. So when the shepherd is coming to the sheepfold, the shepherd is coming through the door. So what the sheep is doing, remember when a door opens, you hear a sound. Is that not right? You hear a sound when your door is opening. So you telling people in the house, shh, did you hear that? So remember when, he, when, you come, when he's coming to the door, the sheep are listening because they heard a sound coming through the door. So they are listening. And it says that the shepherd, listening to the voice of the shepherd. So they're listening. They're paying attention. They're making sure that the sound that they heard. So when a voice is heard, it's a sound. And people are waiting for that sound so they know who they can identify with the sound they heard through the voice. So that shepherd at that time, he's coming through the door and they're listening for his voice. So I want to ask you, are you listening? When you come into the house of God, are you listening or are you just hearing sounds? Because it should be a point in your life, even in school, when you go through school, when you go through um, kindergarten, on up, pre-K, you have to hear, but then you have to listen and pay attention to what the teacher is saying. You have to give close attention. So when you come up in here, you don't just come up in here to sleep. 
You don't come up in here just to say, I'm here, and then you fall in asleep. How in the world can you fall asleep on something that's going to quicken you and bring you life? See, you got to get an understanding of what you coming to get. You coming in here to get life, so when you face death, you know you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. You just don't come in here and say, check me off, I was here today. You don't do that. So those sheep, they're listening to hear the sound that they heard at the door. They're waiting on him to speak. So they're listening for the voice of the shepherd. He calls his own sheep. It says he calls his own sheep by name. See, this is how when you uh, develop a relationship with Jesus, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when you develop a relationship, once you get born again, You just don't just say, I'm born again. I have accepted Jesus. You have to take time out with him to develop that relationship, to get to know him. And the more you develop your relationship with him, no matter which way he comes, you know, that's my father speaking. Shh, my father speaking. So we have to develop a relationship. And Jesus was calling his own sheep by name. He didn't just um, go in there and just say, any, many, many more, you married. Any, many, many more, you sue. No, he knew his sheep by name and they knew him because they spent time with that shepherd. So we have to spend time with God. Spending time with God is getting into the word of God and allowing the word to get into you. So you will be able to identify the thief and the robber. We cannot identify the thief and the robber because we don't spend more time. We spend more time with the world than we spend more time with the kingdom of God. God wants us to spend more time with him so we'll be able to know the difference between death and the difference between life. The difference between light and the difference between darkness. The difference between hell and the difference between heaven. He wants us to know the difference so the more time you spend. That's why the enemy don't want you to spend no time. He want us to spend our time doing other things. He want us to spend our time worrying on other things. But this shepherd, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He leads them out. So they're following the shepherd. They're not getting ahead of the shepherd. They're following his leading. This is why the Bible said those who are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. See, when you're led by the Spirit of God, they know who you belong to. But when you're led by flesh, remember the the Spirit quickens, but the flesh profit you nothing. When you're led by flesh, you're going to get fleshly results. You're going to get carnal results. But when you're led by the Spirit, people are seeing life, and they're seeing that life so abundantly. They're saying, I want what you have. But the problem is people don't want what the church have no more because the church is acting so much like the world that they're saying, I already got what you got. So what else can you give me? What else can the church give when we're acting just like the world, when we're doing like the world, trying to keep up with the world, but we're supposed to be different. So it says here that he leads them out. We have to allow the spirit of God to be the lead. We have to let him lead us. We have to let him guide us. And then it goes, when he brings all his sheep out, he goes ahead of them. That means he's there to protect them. God want to protect us. He want to be there for us. But we always get ahead of him because we think we know. Y'all, that's pride. We don't want to wait on him. Anything that excites us, that builds up our excitement, we say we got some peace in that. Come on, somebody. 
Anything that make you feel good, you go after that. Everything that's good ain't God. Somebody can act better to you than your own mate. And you're saying, oh, they're good and my mate is bad. Just because they're acting better to you than your own mate don't mean they're good. If they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there's none that's good. No, not one. So everything that you see that's good don't mean God is in it. Because the enemy, he will deceive you. He will make you think that this man or this woman is right for you because they're saying all of this in your ear and it sounds good and it's touching your heart and it's what you want because your husband ain't giving it to you or your wife ain't giving it to you and they're giving you everything that you need so you don't need them no more. But that ain't what the word of God says. Whom God has joined together. Let no man, let no woman separate. Don't let lust separate you in your marriage. Don't let lies and deceit separate you in your marriage. Just because they're saying what your husband or your wife didn't say. Don't mean that they're good. That's why God give you the discerning of spirits to know what spirit they are of. That's why we have to be led by the spirit of God. So when we don't know, we say, God, you always know. So, Lord, I hear what they're saying and it's making me blush. But, God, what's behind this? God, what do you want me to do with these, this move talker? What you want me to do with this woman that act like she's a, a model walking the runway? What you want me to do with this? So we have to take the time to let him lead us. We have the Holy Spirit. He's the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by these people that talk like you want them to talk. Because everything ain't good. It's something behind it. So it says, and they follow him. Listen why they follow him. Because they know his voice. See, we following every and anything and the reason why, because it sounds like God. We following false religion. We following, following false prophecy. Everything that you hear on YouTube, everything that you see on the tube on, and hear on the radio, don't mean it's God because they say in a scripture. That's why you have to take the time and be developed through the word of God to know false teaching, false doctrine. This is why it says, because they know his voice, they follow him. If it, We're going to get to that verse where they don't follow no stranger. We're following strange doctrine. We're following things that it, it sounds like it's the word of God and it touched me like it's the word of God, but it ain't the word of God. So you have to back off of that. See, the more you get in tune with him, the more you're going to know what is and what ain't. Some of us are following what ain't and we think it is. Everything that is ain't and everything ain't is. So then it goes on to say they follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they don't know his voice. Why do they not know that voice of a stranger? It's because they spent so much time with that shepherd. And they knew the sound, the tone of his voice. See, when you hear, there's a sound. There's a tone. Like, if I'm talking to my husband, I know his tones. I know his sounds. And sometimes, he may try to fool me. But after a while, a light bulb come on, just like me. 
He'll say, that ain't, that ain't her. Or my daughter answered the phone and he'll start talking. Man, the area be laughing like, daddy don't even know. That this is me, daddy. Have y'all ever been on the phone with somebody and you thinking it was that person, it's not that person? But guess what? They won't be able to fool you again if you take the time and get developed in those voices and understanding the tone from that voice. Because you're going to know, just like a baby, I don't know um, about, well, all mothers should tone into this. Babies, when you carry them for that long, and when they come out, you know their cries. You know when they're moving. You know their sounds. I remember when Ariel was a baby, and I told my husband, I said, she's up. He said, she's not up. I said, yes, she is. She's up. He said, I don't hear anything. I said, she's up. He looked. She was up. Why? Because I had toned in. I know those sounds. You know those sounds. You're going to hear a sound, and you say, wait a minute. I'm familiar with that sound. So you listen and you pay attention. That's what listening is. You paying attention to that sound to identify, to understand that sound. When a baby cry, a baby have a certain cry to be hungry, to be wet, to be changed, or if they're sick, there's a certain cry. So you in tone with the sound. You paying attention to the sound and you saying, that baby's not hungry, that baby don't feel well. The baby can't talk, but there are sounds. So this is what we're supposed to do with the word of God. We're not in tone with the word. Even though we're connected, even though we have a new identity, even though we're joined unto him, how do I know we're not in tone? Because when somebody is telling you truth, you get mad at truth. You feel like you act like you don't know, you know, and I don't know. See, you took offense. But when you're in tune with the word of God and they're bringing you the word and they're bringing you that word in love, guess what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to calm yourself down because you got the spirit of God in you. You're supposed to have a humble and a meek spirit. The word of God, it will the engrafted word with meekness will save your soul. So if you're meek and you're humble and you're receiving that word, guess what you're receiving? You're receiving life. You're not hearing Sounds that reflect darkness or sounds that reflect fear. You know that you're getting life from the word of God. So the first thing that we got to recognize with being born again with accepting Jesus is I have to be able to recognize his voice. I have to take time out to get to know him. Come on in relationships, boyfriend, girlfriends, or just having friends. We get to know one another. We get to know their, you know, how their sounds. Women, we know when our husband is upset with us, even when they don't really get loud. We know the tone of their voice. Wives, we know the tone of their voice. They know the tone of our voice, and they know our looks, too. So we know the difference in the tones. We know when to shut up. When they, when you out with somebody and you said something that, that the husband didn't like, and then they say something just is in a different tone, but it's just not loud, you're saying, I, I need to shut up. I need to shut up. I know where they're at. I need to hush. So we know those tones. We know those sounds. So we have to develop our relationship with God so we know which way he's coming, right? We know what he's saying unto us. We know who God is because we've been with him. Come on, we, we, we got intimate with him. 
We, we, we're meeting up with him every day and we're saying, God, what do you have to say about this? God, what do you want me to do about this? God, where do you want me to go? God, tell me what you want. And then we're being still to hear what he has to say. Then when we look in Genesis 3, we're familiar with this. We know when sin came into the world through Adam and through Eve. And verse 8 through 10 is saying after they recognized that they were naked. Why is it that we try to hide? Don't we know we cannot hide from God? God already know what we're going to do before we do it and we try to hide from. How in the world can we hide from God? And he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. You taking him. You know why he's omnipresent? He's in you. Everywhere you go, he goes. And some of us are steady lie to him and he already know your heart, right? We'll lie. It said Genesis 3, 8 through 10, and I'm reading the um, expanded Bible. It said, then they heard the sound of the Lord. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden during the cool part of the day. And the man and his wife hid from the Lord among the trees in the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said, where are you? So they knew the sound of God. They knew that sound was his voice. So they knew when they heard that sound, that's God. How did they know? They were familiar with it. They knew how God would come into that garden in the cool of the day. So when you spend time with God, you know that's God. That's not the enemy. And you know that's the enemy. That's not God. Because you don't spend enough time with him not to be fooled by the enemy. The more time you spend with him. You will be less fooled by the devil. But the less time you spend with him, the devil's just coming in and giving you the word and even God's word. He's giving you half truth and you accepting half truth because you think you read in the Bible and this is what the word is saying. But God said, you ain't got no revelation. You just reading it, but you have no revelation. You have no understanding. So you're taking it for what you believe it is carnally, not spiritually. The eyes of your heart have not come open. It has not been enlightened to know what um, every good thing is that God has for you. So we run with the word before we get revelation on the word because we take it for what we believe it is. And then the enemy add to it to make you feel like, oh, you a scholar. That's not what the word is saying. You missed it because you're trying to justify what you're doing. It's a lot of justifiers in the church. They're doing things outside the word and they trying to justify why God did what he did. Did y'all know he blew up Sodom and Gomorrah because it was evil? It was uh, abomination to God. He blew it up because he said, this is not what I created it to be. Now people saying it's okay for you to be this way. How did you get that? Carnal mindedness. That's not okay. And you don't live around that when it's not okay. That's not what God's word says. So quit trying to justify something because you getting paid. There's no justification in lies. So we look at. They heard his voice. And they heard it by sound. They knew that sound. They knew the tone of God's voice. They knew which way he was coming. So they knew it was him. So they knew they did wrong and they hid from God. We already know when we do wrong. 
Nobody have to tell you you done wrong. You already know when you lie. You already know when you steal. You already know. Nobody don't have to tell you. But what makes you mad is when somebody tell you what you done was wrong, that's when you blow up like a blowfish. You already know you're wrong. But when they come to you and tell you, what you telling me that for? You think you better than me? Slow your roll. You think you better. You always trying to correct somebody. Yeah, with truth. Because if I see a lie, I suppose overturn that lie with truth. Do I? See, this is the problem. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. If I'm talking to an apostle, use me for an example. And I'm talking a bunch of lies. Lies, lies, lies. An apostle is sitting on the phone and not even bringing me correction. And I'm talking a bunch of lies and she know I'm lying. When I get off that phone, I'm going to tell my husband, see, apostle even agree with me. <laughs> then apostle say, I ain't agree with that. I didn't say nothing. Yes, you did because you didn't say nothing. So even with you not saying nothing, you in agreement with what I'm saying. When you know the truth, you speak truth. You do not, you agreeing when you're not telling truth. Now there's a difference in when you told them the truth and they won't accept the truth. Now you can be quiet because you done delivered the truth. It ain't nothing else for you to say. How can they believe if they don't hear? How can they hear without somebody proclaiming? Did anybody know that scripture? Some people say, I'm just going to go home and I'm just going to pray over them that they get the truth. You're supposed to be bringing the truth. The truth is in you. If you in the word and you know what the truth is saying, why are you telling me what you should have told them? Well, you know, Teresa was wrong. She shouldn't have said what she said. And I'm just going to pray, Lord, help Teresa to tell the truth. And then my husband going to say, well, why didn't you tell her? Well, I just didn't want to bother it right then. I'm just going to pray and let the Lord handle it. You ignorant ignorant you outside of the word of God if your brother's in a fault you don't let your brother get what overtaken see the thing is we don't want to open our mouth because we want friends I gotta have them friends do you know you hurting that person more than you helping that person One thing I don't like, even in marriages, you know how God, we say God has joined us together. We're one. If me and him is one and he know that I'm out of line and he don't tell me that I'm out of line and he's just praying for me. And then Miss Deborah come and hurt me because of something he could have told me. That's the worst hurt I can ever have. Not from her, but from him because he's my husband and we are one. Man, how can you let your wife, your wives go out there and you know they're wrong and you're not correcting them, but you're going to pray for them and you know what truth says. If they don't want to hear it, you told them so the blood is off of you. Same thing with wives. God will show you how to come in with the word. In love. Speak truth in love. And once you speak it in love, back off. You done laid it down. You don't have to work it. The word will take care of itself. You don't have to beat it over their head. And then once it happens, you don't have to say, I told you, I told you. That's what you get. You don't have to say nothing. You know what you do? You humble yourself. And you say, you know what? 
you know the difference now and we're going to believe God that you don't go back that way. Is that what we're supposed to do? But do we? Nope. We let them know every day until Jesus come. You just as hard headed. You remember that time I told you, you just didn't listen. That's how you is this time. You just need to learn to listen. That's your problem. You just don't listen. Your head just bigger than your body. You need to shrink that head. And then you'll be able to hear what thus says the Lord. Don't look for me to tell you nothing else. You just don't want to hear. And they say, well, I'm trying to hear what you don't want to hear nothing. So you carried that. Come on, we carry stuff that. We feel like we need to carry it so we can get them with it next time in case they get us with something else. That's pride. That's pride. So when we look at this, it said, the man answered, I heard you walking in the garden. Don't tell me God ain't always speaking. He said, I heard you walking in the garden. Your voice, your sound. That's how he identified. He said, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. He's telling the truth. He knew his sound. He was afraid, so he hid. Then the Lord began to show me somebody else. Y'all remember in the book of Samuel, you can turn there, 1 Samuel, the third chapter, verses 4 through 10. We know what had happened with Samuel. We know how Hannah She cried out to the Lord because she was barren. She wanted him to open her womb. She wanted to have a child because, you know, he had children by his other wife, Panana. And Panana would provoke her year after year, make her feel bad because she didn't have any children. And it just upset Hannah. But Hannah cried out to the Lord with her whole heart. And remember when she was crying out to the Lord with her whole heart, Eli thought she was drunk. She was saying with her lips what was in her heart. So Eli said, get up. You're drunk. He was thinking she was drunk. She said, I haven't had anything. Because <laughs> she was so hurt. But y'all know what happened. He told her to go. God had granted her her petition. You know why God had granted her her petition? Because it was coming from the heart. See, God, look at your heart. Because everything that come out of your mouth to your lips is not really your heart. It's just perpetrating. It's just making people think this is just how you feel, but you're not really telling the truth. You're telling half truth. So God granted that to her. So we know that the promise she made to God, she was going to give her child unto the Lord. She was dedicating her child to the Lord for the rest of his life. And she told him, you know, a razor would not touch his head. He would be a Nazarite. She was making this vow to the Lord. She kept the vow. After she weaned her child, she sent her child to Eli to teach him his to be a priest, you know, a prophet. He was being taught these things, the way of the Lord. But he got so familiar with Eli because he spent so much time with Eli. I want to tell you, whom you spend time with is whom you become. Whomever you spend time with is whom you become. It's proof in the pudding. I'm going back to marriages because it's the truth in a marriage. When a husband and wife come together and they spend time together in a home, they become like one another in different ways. I'm going to give you an example with me and my husband. It's so funny. Did not know my husband was picking this up. When I'm in the bathroom, I'll do like this right here when I'm, you know, brushing my teeth or something like that. So he was telling Brother Willie, come on. I done got to the point of when I'm brushing my teeth. I'm doing this right here. I'm like, what? I wasn't even paying him no attention. 
So he was picking up things that I was doing. Sometimes I'll pick up things that he does because what? We're one. We're coming together. Now, one thing that we don't pick up that some married people pick up, when one is sick, the other one say they sick. When one don't eat seafood, the other one say they don't eat seafood. When I don't eat no meat, then all the whole house ain't eating no meat. Don't choose for me. Just cook me the steak. If you choose to eat vegetables, have at it. But don't tell me that's what I'm going to eat. That's your choice. It's life and death. Let me choose. Because everything that God said, he created, is good. So don't make no choice for me. Y'all better come off that mess. Well, I don't understand. We're eating the same thing. Why is he sick? Because it might be something you cook. (laughs) Might be something his body can't take that yours can. Duh. So why are you making him do what you do? That's, That's why. Hear God for yourself. Just because you got sinus issues, don't, don't put them on me. They blowing their nose. Next thing you know, I done picked up some sinus pressure. Where did you get it from? You didn't have it before your wife had it. Do y'all hear me? And then if you're in the house by yourself, it ain't got nobody but you and the box. So everything that come on the television produces sound. So one day, all of a sudden, you paying attention to a sound and you listen closely. And what you're hearing is, if your body feels this way, this is what you could have. Oh, Lord. So now you're listening to your body. Never paid no attention before. And now your body is flexing. Oh, Jesus. Maybe it's flexing because you're scared. And you don't put it in your mind what your body need to be doing. Y'all better hear this. So your body began to react according to the sound that you heard and you paid attention to it. So now your body is reacting to that sound. And now it's carrying out what it's been listening to. Come on, married couples. I know I'm talking right. We copycat one another. We do. The more time you spend with somebody, you become their duplicate. Yes, you do. That's why God said, let us create them in our likeness and in our image. But if you don't get to know what that likeness and that image is, then they just created you, but you don't know who you are according to being in him. So this is what happened. Samuel spent so much time with Eli. Everything that he heard from Eli, he did because he was trusting Eli. That was the one he got turned over to. And I always said, Lord Jesus, he got put up under Eli and it was a bunch of lies. Because Eli had crooked sons that he knew what they were doing wrong. He did not sit them down with the wrong that they were doing. This is what's happening in the churches today. When you know somebody is out of order and not in alignment with God's word, when they drink every Saturday night and then come on the choir and they're going to sing before the Lord and turn it out and they have high and people falling out, oh, Lord. 
And y'all know he was out last night drunk as a skunk. Pastor knew how he was going to come in and the pastor praying. Lord, help him to get himself together because I need a worship leader today. No, sit down. We will make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Sit down. God still love you, but you're going to sit down. So there is a difference, y'all. So Eli, one thing about Eli, he, he messed over his sons, but Samuel was not going to be one. He was going to mess over. God was not going to allow that. So Samuel went to sleep and he heard, the Bible said, then the Lord called Samuel, verse 4, 1 Samuel 3, verse 4, and he answered, I am here. What was he doing? He was hearing a sound. He was hearing a voice. He was hearing a tone. And he ran to Eli and said, I'm here, you call me. The voice that he was familiar with was Eli. So Eli told him to go back and lay down. He did not call him. He went back and laid down. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel again went to Eli and said, I'm here. You called me. Eli told him to go lay back down. I did not call you. Why was he still going to Eli? That's the sound. That's the voice. That's what he was familiar with. And Samuel did not yet. This is the problem. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, verse 7, and the Lord had not spoken directly to him yet. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him before. Look at that. Samuel could not identify the voice of the Lord because it had not been revealed to him. Oh, let's just see lie on that one. Some of us in this room right now that's been saved 20 and 30 years, that's been saved a year, Cannot identify the voice of the Lord. Don't know when God is speaking. Because if you're not spending time with him, sometimes people can come to you with different things. I'm like, nope, that ain't God. Right off the bat, who told you that? That's not God. But they have built up within themselves, within their heart, that is God and that's what I'm going to believe. Nope, that is not God. I can't let you go on that lie like that because this is what the word says. So he did not, he was not able to recognize the voice of the Lord. He had not spent time with God in that way. The word was not revealed unto him. God had shut down the word, y'all. So the only thing he had was Eli. Eli to raise him up, right? So then Eli realized in verse 8, understood, perceived, discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. So he told Samuel, go to bed, lie down. If he calls you again, say, speak, Lord. I'm your servant and I am for your servant listening. So Samuel went and lie down in his bed in his place. So I want y'all to understand this. Remember I was talking about hear, listen, and obey. Each time that Eli told Samuel to go back to bed and lie down, he didn't call him. What did he do? He heard Eli. He paid attention to Eli. How I know he paid attention? Because he laid down. What am I saying to you? Are we doing... What people in authority tell us to do, are we out of line? Because we think we know. He followed exactly what Eli told him to do. Why? He heard Eli. He heard his voice. He knew it was Eli. He said, Eli said, I want you to go back. 
and lie down. I didn't call you. He took Eli at his word. He laid back down like he said three times. And then Eli told him the next time you hear that voice say, yes, Lord, your servant hears. Let's see what Samuel did. The Lord came and stood there and called as he had before. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel said, speak, Lord. I am your servant and I am Speak for your servant is listening. Look how he was obedient first to Eli, the one that was in authority over him. Then when he did what Eli told him to do, guess what? He heard, he listened, he paid close attention, and then he obeyed. What's wrong with the church? We're hearing, that's it. We're hearing the word. But some of us are not being doers of the word because we're not taking time to listen to what the word is saying. So we can't carry it out. We don't understand it. But you see here what Samuel did. Samuel heard, he listened, and he obeyed. This is what we have to do, church. You cannot just hear. You have to listen. You have to get an understanding. Then you can obey. You cannot obey something you do not understand. When you say that you heard it, but you ain't paid attention, and you tried to carry it out, it's going to be messed up because you too proud to say, I don't understand. Men, quit being so proud. And just say, I, I don't understand. Women too. But the majority of men don't want a woman, a woman to say something to them that they know that is right. They don't want to humble themselves. So they just blow up like a blowfish to try to make us women look like we don't know what we're talking about. Then at the end of the day, oh, sorry. Some of you men just don't say nothing. You already know what you ain't going to do. You just go off with attitude because you already know I'm not going to do nothing. You already made up your mind. You don't tell me what to do with my money. That's my money. I work for that money. All in your head, not out your mouth, though. Because, see, you know if it come out of your mouth, ain't going to be no peace in that house. Ain't going to be no peace be still. Everything going to be rumbling and shaking. You're going to go on the rooftop. Then to be in a house with a what kind of woman? A who? A quarrelsome woman, a contentious woman. Go on on the rooftop, man. Go ahead. I'm going to get your head start. Because some of these women don't know how to shut up. This is how my hands open. That's just how their mouth just keep opening. Especially when you agitate them bad. They just come out with any old thing. But the agitation part of it is coming from you. Hello. So we see. Hear. Listen. Obey. Ask someone, say, do you understand? Say, let's see. It's a scripture that we always go over and we go over it so much. Proverbs 4, it's going to have more meaning to you today. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. My son, pay attention. Attend to my words. That means incline thine ear. That's what y'all get listening now. That's why that verse is saying that. My son, 
Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. So he's saying, pay attention. Listen. That's what he's saying. I need for you to listen. You're hearing. You're hearing the sound. But now I want you to pay attention to what you're hearing. I want you to incline your ear. That means that I want to hush to be in the room while the word of God is going forth. I do not want you to miss it. Sometimes we miss it because we think we know that's pride. What I'm bringing out now, some of y'all probably already done went ahead of me talking about Samuel to yourself. Because the enemy wants you to go ahead because he wants you to miss what God is bringing because he knows it's going to bring you some life. So just because you have read this before, God is bringing something else out of this that you might not know. So he's saying, listen, pay attention to what I'm saying. Come off your arrogant horse. Come down. Listen, hear what God is saying because it's going to help you when you go back into the word of God. So it said, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto all those that find them and health to all flesh. This is why the enemy, he does not want you to pay attention. He does not want you to listen because he knows the end result. They're going to be life to all flesh. They're going to be health to all flesh. They're going to be life unto all those that find them. He don't want you to have life that's coming from this word. He don't want you to have help. The word is your medicine. The more word you take in, the more life you're going to have. You're going to be satisfied with long life because you're eating the word up. See, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That's what you're going to be filled with. If you talk death, that's what you're bringing into your body, death. If you talk life, that's what you're bringing in your body, life. That's what your belly is going to be full with. This is why sometimes I have to catch myself and say, no, 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 no. I can't say it that way. I got to say it this way. Because the devil, he wants you to speak death. So this is why you have to, see, think before you react. Think before you say Because the word that you say to a person will kill them. When you're saying you're going to be this way, they already feel like they're going to be that way. So don't put that out there because you're putting death. You're going to be stupid. If you want to be stupid, be stupid. So all your life you're thinking you're stupid and you're not stupid because that's what they put there. They left a scar. You may be healed for something, but there's still a scar. And that scar remind you where you've been, y'all. So you will get healed. God will heal your broken heart. He will bind up all of your wounds. But there's still going to be a scar to remind you where you've been. Not to meditate on that. But it shows you where you were then and where you are now. Amen? So we, we see that we have to pay close attention to what? His words. We have to incline our ear. We have to make sure we don't have anything in front of the word of God. See, when you get before the word of God, you want to come before him without everything just rehearsing over and over in your mind. See, the enemy want to bring confusion. God is not about confusion. He is about what? Peace. So Matthew 13, 19, it tells us. 
what we supposed to do. The enemy, what he does is when we don't understand the word of God, soon as the word of God is heard, guess what? You're hearing the word. The word is going forth before you can even grasp it. Before you can pay attention to it, before you can get understanding, he said, I'm going to grab it. That's what Matthew 13, 19 is saying. The seed that fell by the road along the path. That seed is like the person, anyone who hears the message, the word, the teaching about the kingdom, but does not understand it. That even one comes and take away, snatches what was planted, sown in that person's heart. The enemy said, I'm going to take this word. See, he's waiting to take the word from you today. Because he don't want you to fully grasp that word. He don't want you to fully understand that word. So what he does is, once this teaching go forth, what he does is when you get home, we just lay down the Bibles. We don't go back to what we have heard so we can pay close attention to it, so we can grasp it, so we can understand it, and then we can begin to do it, and people begin to see our lives being different. Here's another one we're familiar with. Tell your neighbor, say, wake up. Say, you're acting sleep with your eyes open. Don't think I don't know you sleep with your eyes open. You sleep with your eyes open. See, the devil don't want you to get the word. See, y'all laughing because he caught you. You're sitting up here like this right here. Looking at me like, oh, I'm all at attention. No, you're not. Because if I told you to stand up and tell me what I just said, come on, y'all better grab this word. This is no joke. You got to have this word to live. Do you know when people is really at attention? Oh, I'm getting some. Oh, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to tell you. Go with me to 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. Y'all know who this is talking about. This is talking about Elijah, that great prophet. And we're even better than he is now in the kingdom, right? But we're talking about Elijah. Y'all know he was the one in 1 Kings 17 to speak. There would be no rain. Guess what? There was no rain. Then when we get over there in 1 Kings 18, he battled it out with the um, idol of Baal. And you know God won that battle. But when he get in 1 Kings 19, old Jezebel come at him and told him she was going to kill him. The same way that he killed the other prophets. Ooh, when Elijah saw that, he ran for his life and even left his servant there. Isn't that something? But when he did all of this, you know, God is such a good God because God had a plan and a purpose for Elijah. So this is what he did. He fed Elijah. Elijah come to this mountain. Go to verse 11, 1 Kings 19, 11. The Lord said to Elijah, go stand in front of before me on the mountain and I will pass by you. For the Lord is about to pass by. Now listen how the Lord passed by. A strong wind blew. He wasn't in the wind. An earthquake tore the mountain apart. He wasn't in the earthquake. Then a fire came. He wasn't in the fire. But listen at this in verse 12. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a quiet, gentle sound. Did y'all hear that? There was a quiet, gentle sound. The sound of a gentle whisper. Blowing wind or a brief sound of silence. A still, small voice. Check this. Remember, there was a strong wind. Y'all know when there's a strong wind, you can hear everything outside just whipping, right? There was an earthquake. When there's an earthquake, there's a shaking, right? 
When there's a fire, everybody know there's a fire. But God came in a different way to Elijah. Ooh, this is what I love. When he came as a small, still voice, like a gentle whisper, you had to pay attention to really hear. And the Bible says when Elijah heard it, he heard it. See, God came in another way. He had to come in another way to let Elijah know, Elijah, I haven't forgotten about you. Because Elijah just went through something horrific in his life. He thought he was going to die just like all the prophets. God let him get it off of his chest. Each time God asked him, "What? why are you here? He told him the same thing, right? But God came in another way to let Elijah know, I'm not going to always come the way you think I should come. Why am I getting here? Sometimes in this very church, God may come and have you laughing about to roll out of your seat. God may come and it sound like a thunder. It may, it may sound in different ways. But the day when God is coming like he's coming, some of y'all is nodding off. Because you don't know the difference. Because you want something to wake you. The word's supposed to quicken you. See, this is why you can tell where some people are. Some churches get people so hyped up, that's what they look for every Sunday. They get them hyped up, they do little dances, they run through the church, and that's what people look for. They get excited. Come to my church. Come to my church. Let me show you what my church is doing. They get so excited. They get people all hyped up. And then when they come in there and it's like this, and they're like, well, what, what happened? You don't even know. And you've been with me this long And don't know that God come in different ways. You miss what he's saying and what he's doing because you're looking for a strong wind. You're looking for an earthquake. You're looking for a fire. And God is coming so gentle in a stillness. And you miss it because your mind is set somewhere else. Oh, isn't that something? God knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He's trying to show you difference, the different way he come. I'll say, I'm going to put this out here. Sunday school teachers. Every teacher have a different way. And some people prefer one over the other. Is it not the word? So why do you have your preferences? I'm going to tell you why. It's the way it's brought. If some teacher just get up there, blah, 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 blah. Go to this scripture. Go to that scripture. Go to the scripture. Go to that scripture. And ain't nothing coming from the scripture. It's blah, blah, blah. But if somebody take the word, because they've been with the word, and they're hearing what God has to say through the word, you can keep attention. But a carnally-minded Christian that's amongst that, they ain't going to talk about too much of that. But somebody that make you fall out of your seat, you tell everybody. Because that's all you caught was the jokes. Joke on you. You didn't catch the meaning from the word. You caught the joke. Joke on you. Now tell me what came before the joke. Just like when people go to churches and they be throwing down in songs. The words of those songs mean nothing. But the music made them dance, shout, do all this stuff. They're all over the place. 
The word go forth and you ask them, well, what did the preacher preach? I don't know, but they sung. I mean, they sung, they bought it. So they're so proud of their singing that they call them everywhere to sing. Give a certain one the mic because they know that right there is going to bring it. And what they're saying is a bunch of foolishness. Don't even line up with the word of God. And everybody, oh, they sung. Well, what did the preacher preach? I don't know. Something's wrong with the churches. We need to be word-minded, not foolishness-minded. We need to know what the word is saying. So when somebody asks you, what did your pastor bring today? You should be able to say something. Not just not say anything. Something, this word had to touch somebody in here, but it touched them in a different way. It may not been the first scripture I gave you. It may have been close to the end, but you grabbed hold of something until you can get home and go back in it and talk about it. Why is it that we can talk about a movie from the beginning to the end? We don't, yo, we can tell people some stuff that happened all day. We go from food line to Walmart to the drugstore to, to the mall, and then we arrive at home. Now, let me tell you what happened at home. Okay, well, what all this got to do with that? We can tell them where we were from point A to point Z. But when it comes to this, we miss over half of it. You know why? It's what you give attention to. It's how long you give attention. Come on, we'll spend two hours in a movie theater. Hush, hush, hush. I got to hear that part. I wish they can wind that back. I missed it. What is that? What's that? Shh. Mama, you always talking. Hush. You made me miss it. You hollering too much. Get out of there. You missing it. Then after the movie is over, everybody be unite and tell what they got out of that movie. Who's uniting after service and talking about the goodness of God? Who's, who's coming together and say, Oh, I got to share this. Somebody need this right here. Somebody need to hear this. Come on. And when we unite together, we're getting it. It's somebody out there that need it. So that's why we need to go back in it and we need to hear God for ourselves to come familiar with what he's saying to you so you can bring it on to them. So look at, look at this one. Nehemiah 8. 8 verse 1 through verse 3. This is so awesome, y'all. Oh, it's so good. God is just good, isn't he? Nehemiah 8, verse 1 through verse 3. This is what we got to do. It says, All the people of Israel gathered, assembled together. Isn't that wonderful? All the people of Israel gathered, assembled together, like one man, person in the square, in front of the water gate. And they asked Ezra, Ezra was a scribe, the teacher, the scribe, to bring out the book of the teaching, the law, the Torah of Moses, which the law had given to, commanded, prescribed for Israel. They asked for it. Isn't that awesome? They wanted the word. Do you come up in here because you want the word or do you come up in here because it's Sunday? We should come because we want the word, because we know that the word, it, it gives us life. We can't do without the word. See, this is why the enemy want to shut down the churches 
during COVID. Because the enemy know if they keep getting the word of life, they're going to make it through what's out there. He don't want you to make it through what's out there. He wants you to keep your mind more on COVID, more on what's out there than keeping your mind on him. He said, I will keep you in perfect peace. Who mine is stayed on thee because you trust in me. You're not trusting in COVID. You trusted in me because I am the life giver. I am the one that gives you life. I am the one that created you. You're here because of me, not because of COVID. So we're supposed to be trusting in him with all our hearts, leaning not to our own understanding, but acknowledging him in all our ways and allowing him to direct our paths through hearing, listening, and obeying what God has to say. So it says that they asked for the word of God. And it said at the square by the water gate, Ezra read the teachings, the laws, the instructions, the Torah, out loud from early morning until noon to men, women, and everyone who could listen and understand. So what they were saying when they read it to the ones that could understand, it was people of age. When they got to the age where they could understand what was being read, those are the ones that were out there. So they had understanding. Look how long he read this. Morning until noon to the men and women and everyone who could listen. And understand what they heard. And it says, older children, all the people listen carefully. Y'all hear what I'm saying? All the people. They listen carefully, attentively, eagerly to the book of the teaching, the law, the instructions of the Torah. Why was they listening that way? They didn't have what we have right here. They didn't have Bibles back then. We have to take the word, y'all, for what it is. And as we take the word of God for what it is, see, when you don't know the importance of this word, you just think it's just the word. I don't need it like I need everything else. That's why Jesus made it, made it clear. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's the first thing he said. It is written. He was letting him know, I don't live by bread alone. I don't live by natural food alone, but I live by every word that proceeded. This is how I live. This is what I live on, the word of God. I live by. So they knew how important the word of God was, and they were honoring the word. They were standing up when the word of God was being read, y'all, because they honored his word. When it's time for the word of God to be read, some people just sit down and go, Not even really looking in the word. But when we honor this word and we know what this word brings, there should be a hush. There should be an awe because we know the word of God is in the room. Go with me to Luke, the fifth chapter. The Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. This is when um, Jesus, listen at what happened, and it came to pass. That as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. The people wanted it, y'all. The people wanted what? Ask your neighbor, say, do you want the word? Say, do you really want the word? Sometimes we say we do, but we don't know what we have. It said they pressed upon Jesus. And they were pressing, they were crowding. Now, you know those people really wanted the word. It was a crowd. 
It was, they were crowding around Jesus for the word of God. Who does that now? People don't even want to come into the house of God no more. People say, I, I can't come up in there. I might get some. <laughs> and it said, and they saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen was gone out from them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed, asked him that he would thrust out a little from land. So Jesus pushed out a little from the people and Jesus began to teach. See, the word will bring you life. The word will bring you encouragement. The word will bring you peace. The word will bring you everything that you need. After he taught and he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, now understand this. First thing they did, they were hearing. They had to be paying attention. Now it's time to obey. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You're hearing it. You're listening. You're paying attention. Now it's time to obey. Now listen what he said. He said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now, he's through teaching. He gave him the word. Now, if Simon was paying attention, he's going to react to what he was just taught, right? So this is what Simon said. Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. He knew that there was power in that word. Through him listening to Jesus and paying attention to Jesus, he told him, I told all night. See, he taking himself. He letting him know what he did, but he said, I'm not going to base it on me no more. I'm going to base it on what I heard. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Some of us are still basing the word on us, what we can do. We want to help the word. Can I tell you something? The word don't need help. You just need to do what the word is saying. You need to follow pursuit. So this is what he said. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which was on the other ship, and they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships. So they began to sink. Now this is, this is where I'm going. Peter was listening closely. So when Jesus gave him the command, now I want you to launch out in the deep. Now you can go out because you've been taught. So Peter told him what he did, but I'm not going to go on what I did. I'm going to go on what your word is saying. So when he obeyed, he ended up getting more fish. He got so much, he had to tell somebody. Y'all don't hear me. When you spend time with him listening. Not just hearing, but when you spend time with him listening and you begin to obey and people, you begin to see that through your obedience, the word is manifesting itself. You're going to go run and tell it, Teresa. You're going to go tell somebody what God done for you through you paying attention, through you being obedient. So you're going to grab hold of them and they're going to grab hold of what you said. And then both of y'all are going to be filled. But how can we tell somebody else when our lives are not reflecting it, when we're trying to do it ourselves? When you do it yourself, you don't have more than enough. You keep working to get more than enough, but that more than enough keeps getting depleted. Because that's you trying to do it. But when you allow the word to do it, everybody is blessed from that word. Everybody's supposed to be blessed from the word. It is not your word to keep. It is your word to share. 
But you got to have revelation on that word before you can go out and share it. If you're not getting it in your house, how can you take it to somebody else's house? When you're trying to tell somebody how to make a marriage work and yours ain't working, something ain't right. Men, when you're telling that man, now you know you should love your wife. And you ain't loving your wife like Christ loved the church. Shut up. When you got your wife out there doing your duties and hers too. And you laying on the couch watching football. That's what you're doing. And then you're going to call her on the phone. Baby, take your phone with you. I might need you. So she out there sweating with hard labor like she's still in Egypt. Baby, did you make that tea? Yes, in the refrigerator. Can you come give me some of it? And that wife gonna leave the lawnmower to push one at that. Because he told her she need to lose a few pounds. Baby, I bought a push lawnmower. I believe that's gonna help you with your weight loss. I love you, baby. I love you too. Liar! Love don't put me in hard labor like that. Love pick me up and take me out and let me do it. What man sends his wife to do something he's supposed to do? What man when the wife is tired when she come in and say, I don't feel well. And he said, well, cook me some food, then go lay down. You need to help. You need to cook it. Then talking about I love you, baby. Not with God's kind of love. I don't know where you got that love from because it ain't coming from Jesus. A what man would tell his wife, you got to keep working because if you don't keep working, we ain't going to make it. Just go ahead and work three more years and then you'll be done. Do you realize what you married? A gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy Man. That's what you married. Y'all better understand. The more you get into this word, the more you quit being into a man or woman more than you being into God. The more your eyes begin to open and say, oh God, what did I marry? But Lord, you can sanctify it through me. Y'all don't see clearly because you're not in here long enough to see. But God can turn it around if you spend more time in here instead of spending more time on your idol. An idol can be a man or woman or children or dogs or cats or whatever you're harboring in your house. That's what an idol can be. But when you pay more attention to the word of God and what the word is saying, your husband don't have to have, have you make you do nothing. You just do it because it's a part of where you've been. My husband don't have to make me cook him nothing. He don't have to make me clean nothing. He don't have to make me do nothing. It's so much a part of me, I just do it. And when he come in, he know his wife did it. I don't have to make him do nothing. The more he spend time with God, he want to do something. That's how I know so many people are not spending time with God because you're fussing too much of who need to do this and who need to do that. I'm tired too. You're one. Drag each other in there and do it together. All this foolishness and talking about my husband, my wife, something ain't right. Somebody got to be humble enough 
in a marriage to hear, pay attention, and do it. So the other one will see the change didn't come from them telling you, but the change come from where you been. I want to say, who you been with? I'm going to say my title again. Maybe y'all caught it. What are you hearing and who are you obeying? Because people already know who you obeying if it don't line up with this word. You cannot tell me. You obeying the word of God and I don't see the life from it. You can't tell me that. You cannot tell me that you hearing the word of God and obeying the word of God when you stay offended and when you stay full of pride when somebody's approaching you with the truth. You cannot tell me you hearing the truth. Because whatever you hear, that's what you're supposed to do and that's how you're supposed to react. You cannot tell me that. People already know where you've been by your actions. They already know where you've been by what you say. So it's time for us, church, to get in position, to get into this word the way we need to get in this word and stay into this word until change come to us first before we try to bring change to somebody else. If you haven't gotten any change from this word, come on. Why are you outlining the folk? Why are you out trying to make people think everything is okay? And if I'm in the spirit, I already know because God done told me. See, some of us is trying to get positions, but don't want to be positioned. It ain't about your position. It ain't about your title. It's about him. You've been crucified with Christ. When you stand before him, he's not going to call me apostle this or apostle that. He's not going to call me that. He's going to ask me, what did you do with what I gave you? How did you handle? He ain't going to say, Apostle Amanda, what you do with what I gave you? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I couldn't do it because them stiff-necked, hard-headed people at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. Especially Willie. (laughs) You know Willie. See, I can mess with Willie, y'all. Willie don't have no problem with me messing with him. The problem is when I don't mess with Willie, he got a problem. He has to check me and say, Apostles, everything all right? Do it not supposed to be all right, Willie? He know all my tones, right, Willie? He know all my tones. Why do you know all my tones, Willie? You've been around me long enough to know when to hush and don't. I can pick on Willie like that. And sister needs to sit up there and smile. <laughs> Sometimes I have to call her. Sister needs. Now I get on your husband. I know, Apostle. Keep getting it. <laughs> keep getting them, Apostle. We, we love for you to do that, Apostle. We just love for you to do that. Just keep getting it. <laughs> they don't take offense. Why? But when you get to know a person, you know that person Say what they say and do what they do out of love. So if anybody spend time with me, they're going to know who I am. They're going to know I'm going to tell you. If you don't like me, I'm still going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you in what? In love. And I have to pick on Apostle Allison Cross. Y'all, that woman, she listens. 
Lord have mercy. <laughs> I don't have to tell apostle one, two, three, four times. Next thing I know is she called calling back. Hallelujah. She said before. <laughs> soon as it come out of your mouth, my call turned around. Hallelujah. It's done. If apostle tell y'all her testimonies through hearing, listening, and obeying. And that's what I'm going to end with. Just letting apostles share. Hearing, listening, and obeying. And what has happened in her life through that. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> well, the first thing I heard was moved to North Carolina <laughs> several years ago. Um, and I'm kind of boil it down, not tell everything and, you know stretch it out but the first thing I heard was I was here preaching one time and I was standing up at the altar after service and I heard the word home and I said okay told uh, evangelist Newton I said well I keep hearing home I said well this is going to be a home away from home so I thought then the next time I came back down here um, I heard the word home again and then after that I began to get real serious I said well Lord is you telling me to move to North Carolina because guess what I only knew Miracle Temple and I didn't know everybody that well but the Lord you know he said he started positioning me to move and so I heard what he said and even though it felt like an Abrahamic journey because I left everything I was familiar with my family my friends my children and God said I want you to move to North Carolina I didn't even know where I was going to go to. I just said, okay. And I began to make preparation to move down here. And then um, I didn't know where I was going to move. And then so I got a map out and my eyes felt, and I thought I was going to move like down here or to Raleigh or something, but the Lord said Cary. So then I said, like, what is a Cary? So I you know, moved, <laughs> moved to Cary. And long story short, um, fast forward into um, before I um, moved in this area, uh, the uh, apostle said, well, you need to go and That's fine. so uh, she said, well, you know, you should go. Had you thought about going to the credit union, set up an account? I was like, not really. I mean, I have a bank account. And she said, but she said it. I said, hmm, I'm going to the credit union. And so I, uh, I was in my car. I was on my lunch break and I turned that car around at the next turnaround, went to the credit union, opened up her account. I said, okay, well, I have an account. Okay. The next time we were talking a little uh, fast forward and she said, well, had you thought about refinancing your car with the credit union? I think that was the same day, actually, because I had went back home after I went and opened up the account um, at the credit union. And then by the time I got home, she was she called me. She said, well, had you thought about just refinancing your car? I said, not really. I was, I jumped in my car, went back to the credit union, and they said, oh yeah, we'll refinance it. The uh, interest rate was stupid low. I was like, wow, this is great. And then so, later on down the line, Apostle said, well, had you thought about buying a house? I'm like, not really. I like apartment living. I don't have to do no maintenance, you know, how to blah, 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 all that stuff. And she said, well, you should think about it. I said, okay. So then I started looking for a house down in this area. I didn't know where to go. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And the Lord said, I'll lead you and guide you. And so I looked in Wilmington. I looked in Burgall. I looked in um, Wallace. I looked in Richlands, all over the place. And the Lord said, Jacksonville. I said, okay. And it was so funny because before I even started looking in Jacksonville, you know how you do the map quest where you can do the street view? 
where I live at now, I was all up and down the street view in that very area that God led me to. Isn't that funny? God is good. But then so, um, so then I began to look for a house and things like that. And then on the Tuesday, Apostle said, well, and I had been working with a realtor and couldn't find nothing. She introduced me to her cousin who's a realtor in the Jackson, for the Jacksonville area because she was out of Wilmington. And then on the Tuesday, Apostle said, well, I had, maybe you should just go down there like tomorrow or something and, and see if you can find the house. I didn't, even, I didn't even tell, I didn't even put in for time off. You know, I have vacation time, but, you know, you got to put in for it and they got to prove it. I said, you know what? I'm calling off. I called a realtor. I said, I need to see a couple houses down there. He said, well, do you have anything in mind? And I had three houses picked out. I said, yeah, I guess I'll go see them, you know, out of obedience. Because I heard what she said, and I knew enough about my pastor to know that when she's speaking something, I'm going to listen. And I'm about God's grace try to obey to the best of my ability. So I called my the job line. I ain't coming today. I'll see y'all, you know, the Thursday, whatever. And I went down to Jacksonville. Now from Cary, that's a two hour drive from Cary to Jacksonville. And I was, you know, there and we we looked at this first house. That house smelled like mothballs. <laughs> I was like, what in the world happened in here? And you know, it didn't it didn't strike me right. You know, I was like, mm, it's okay. The next house he had a big old um, thing in the yard, a big uh, power tower, you know, a big metal thing with power lines running. And I said, I want this. I, said, I might get electrocuted or something. And then the third house we went to, it was so, it was a beautiful home, but it had a dark aura about it. I was like, even the realtor said, this is weird. And I was like, yeah, let's go. This is, no, this ain't happening. So I said, well, I guess that's all the houses that, um, that I want to look at, I guess I have to make another appointment to come back later. And while we were on the way, um, we were getting in his truck, and he was going to take me back to the office to get in my car and go home. Uh, he got a notification on his cell phone that a house had just came back on the market, like that moment while we were in his truck. And he said, hey, this house just, the people that were going to buy it, it fell through. It's on the market. Do you want to see it? I said, Sure. By the time I was getting a little discouraged, but I heard what God said. He said, go Wednesday. Now, I had exhausted everything that I wanted to see, but we went to look at that house. And I tell you, in the front of it, it's a beautiful crepe myrtle tree. I call it my tree of life. And so when I stepped out of the car, out of his truck, and when I stepped up onto the porch, the Lord said, this is your house. I was like, really? <laughs> I was so happy. And so we walked in and... I didn't even have to, I didn't have to see the whole house because when I went inside the house, I knew it was mine because God said, this is your house. So I walked around, say, this is nice, this is nice, the backyard, beautiful, all this. And so when we, he said, well, how do you like it? I said, yeah, this is my house. Can we go sign the papers? And so, <laughs> and so he looked at me and he looked at his cousin who's also a realtor. He was like, sure. And then, so we got back to the office and he said, well, do you have this? I said, I got everything in line. Let me pull my email up and I'm forwarding you everything you need. They looked at my paperwork. It was all together. They said, okay, we can put the offer in. Well, we need uh, earnest money. I said, okay, I'm going to give it to you. Now, they went ahead and um, let me, you know, not put the earnest money down. At that point, he came to the church and got it. In the house, and he went ahead and put the offer in without the earnest money check. So listening to what God has to say is so imperative because the three houses I had chosen, God was like, them ain't even your houses. I just had to get, you just had to get down here through obedience to get the house that I have for you. So what I'm, you know, what Apostle is saying is 
hear, listen, obey, and it'll be well with you. But I want to tell you this, and I hope y'all caught this. When you spend time with the person, you got to know their different tones. We were having conversation. She picked up on what God was saying through conversation. I didn't push her. I didn't say, go, 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 go. I spoke as the Spirit led me, and by her spending time with me, she knew that's God speaking through her. Some of y'all get it mixed up and messed up. You got to know the different tones that God used me to come at you with. When you know the different tones, you're going to know, wow. Some people ask me, was that you or was that God? Figure it out. Because if you've been with me so long, you should know me long enough that I'm not going to play around with you. And you don't know me. You should know me long enough to know when I'm speaking behind this pulpit, I'm only going to tell you what he's saying. It's not me. It's his word. So that's carnal mindedness. So you want to come out of the carnal and you want to be led by the spirit of God. When those that are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. The more time you spend with a person and somebody's talking about that person, you would say, no, that's not them. That's what you would say. You would not get offended when they're bringing you truth, when they're breaking the bread of truth. You will not get offended because you know that they have your best interests at heart. Sometimes we wait so long and we feed on lies, it becomes truth to us, and it's not what people said. That's why I am recorded in these services so I can pull stuff to say, well, you know what, let me check on that. I don't recall that, but let me check on that. Because when you're in the spirit, you're not stopping and saying, oh, I can't say that I offend Sister Deborah. Oh, I can't say that I'm a offend Apostle. I'm not, I'm led by God. So whatever I bring is what I'm going to bring that he's given me because I am listening while I'm speaking. So that's why when you are walking carnally, the enemy puts everything before you, a sound that somebody has not said because you are so suspicious that the enemy add to what he want to add to it and is out of that person's character. That's why we need to check ourselves. Check what you're hearing. Check what you're paying attention to. Check what you are obeying. What are you hearing? Who are you obeying? What are you hearing? Who are you obeying? Because if you obey the devil, you're getting death. And some of us are living death because we're obeying his lies and not doing what God said. God said, no, he meant no. He's not going to change his mind. No is no. So it's time to take this word, y'all. I don't sit at home and just sit at home like some of y'all think I do. Woo. Anyway, you got to know how to answer. You got to know what to say and how to say it. You got to know who you're dealing with because everybody is different. I can't come at Teresa the same way I come at Apostle. I come at Willie any kind of way. That's just how he is. That's just how Willie is. Uh-huh. He talking about true that. But that's what we do. So you got to know the truth. And if you're not in the truth, come on, God is bringing this too many times. 
He's bringing this too many times. It's time for us to get it for real, y'all, and know what we have and begin to stand on what we have and know that God has already worked it out for us because God's word is not coming back to him void. It's not coming back to him empty, but it's going out to accomplish that which he pleased and prosper in the thing that he has sent it to do. And guess who the word is? It is Jesus. It Jesus did not go back to the father void and empty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He went back to the father and he sat down on his right hand and he said, father, I done what you told me to do. It is accomplished. And he said, I have prospered and succeeded because I'm sitting down. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? We believe in every lie that come across that television. If you don't take what you're hearing and put it in alignment with this word, and if it's not in alignment, you say, that's a lie. Shut up. You telling a lie. I bind that spirit of error and I lose truth right now in Jesus name. But we spend so much time hearing what they're saying. We have come to believe it. How I know? Because we repeating it and repeating it. Are you repeating it because you feel like it's true? Or are you repeating it and giving them the word and say, I want to tell you what they said. And this is what God's word says. What are you doing? You putting death in the atmosphere. How do y'all think this pandemic have spread it? Through Christians. Through the world. You, we, we have made it expand. Because that's what we've been talking about. That's what we've been talking about. Do your hands. Put on your mask. What have we said about this? Get into the word. Hear what the word is saying. The word brings life. The word brings demonstration. And God's going to demonstrate himself through this word. Through what I have taught y'all today, apostle brought some demonstration. And it's more than just apostle. It's a lot of people that have experienced this word because they heard it. They paid attention to it. They listened to it. They obeyed it. And the manifestation have come. Don't get mad because my life is flourishing or somebody else's life is flourishing because we're doing what the word said. You ain't doing nothing but hurting yourself. Amen. Because God is who he say he is. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Do we have... Oh, come on, Quisha, man. You go ahead. He come up here to tell me. He said, shh. I heard that 